Hit it. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is Spotlight, which won the Academy Award for Best Picture last year, or this year even, earlier this year for 2015-2016, and it's now available on DVD in Australia. So, spoilers, if you're not already across the true story of Spotlight, we will be ruining it in this episode, as we always do. We discuss films with spoilers in mind. Lloyd, what a cast. What a delight. Absolutely. Um... We didn't think uh, much of uh, this film when we were thinking Academy Awards. I think we just got blindsided by Fury Road and, you know, you know what I mean? Like, um, and of course, The Revenant. And it was this little film. Um, and I think you mentioned how uh, Michael Keaton went from, of course, winning, uh, almost winning the Academy Award or being nominated for The Birdman. And then rather than going for the most um, bankable sort of movie uh, with, with the high um, writing, the, you know, the highs of Birdman so to speak, he went for a much smaller film, Spotlight, into Academy Award-winning territory. I don't know 100% for sure that he wasn't already shooting that film, but he did cancel his very bankable role in, I think it was Kong Island or King Kong Island, which um, actually Brie Larson, who won the Academy Award for Room, is actually now going to be in. I'm sure she'll be in many more bankable films now. I I heard Michael Keaton's now going to play the Vulture in Spider-Man. That's the rumour, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it throws in quite an age gap because, I mean, Keaton's much older than Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man. And I don't quite remember how old the Vulture was supposed to be in the comics, but it might be very interesting. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Especially with our review of Civil War, which you guys can check out. We really liked it, and we have a lot of faith in the direction where they're going to take Spider-Man. I think it's in good hands if uh, Marvel retains it, so to speak. When you mentioned uh, the Best Picture category, first of all, everybody seemed to think The Big Short would win. Did you ever check that out? Um, yeah, I did check out The Big Short. I thought it was very overrated. Uh, comedy director... Um, the the guy who did um, Adam uh, McKay, yeah, Adam McKay, Anchorman. Uh, Anchorman, that's the one, and it's got very uh, touches of brilliance um, throughout it. But I, I didn't think it was in the same territory as Spotlight, like like that quality um, of a, of a film. Like the brave thing about it, it took a very complex su- subject matter and really um, tried to explain it in layman's terms and put a very uh, funny dramatic story at its core. Uh, but the uh, the movies are very uh, about the financial crisis, which I think is a, uh, a really daring subject for them to take on. And I think Adam McKay, in uh, out of like his filmography, doing like comedies and stuff like that, he's really matured and grown really well um, with The Big Short. But I just didn't think it was that good. No, the first thing I said after I finished watching Spotlight, I said to Tess, "The Big Short was better." Ah, uh, sorry, the this is better than The Big Short immediately like i remember watching the big short and thinking i just kept waiting for the financial crisis to hit and for them to be rich because the trailer tells me already that these guys are going to get rich off this and it doesn't happen till the last sort of 20 minutes it's such a build-up that i was exhausted when we got there i didn't enjoy it as much as you know I, i know it's a horrible topic and everything and people lose their homes and they're they're betting on everything failing but 
I suppose uh, I watched Spotlight and it's also a horrible topic, but I think the way they exposed things, maybe it was more uplifting by the end. You know, all the victims were coming out, everything was exposed and like out in the open and the people that were, I suppose, the survivors and everybody, you know, were justified more so. Um, in the big short, I mean, they're saying something bad's going to happen and then they become rich off it. I suppose I wasn't really rooting for them, whereas uh, I think the newspaper editors and the uh, the reporters, this kind of is one of those films that when people watch it in the future, they're going to say, I became a journalist or a reporter because of Spotlight. Yeah, because of that's that a film. good, yeah. Like, yeah, like uh, especially Ryan Gosling's character. I don't think we're meant to like him. But in the big he, short, yeah. Yeah, in the big short, and he's like the main th- narrative thread throughout it, but even the narrator isn't very trusty. He's not sure of, of things, and he's like, I love it uh, at the end of it. He's just like, I told you I wasn't the main part of this story, you know, and things like that. But it just left a very confusing vibe to it, I think. Um, but I'm really impressed with how successful the big short has been considering the subject matter and the way um, they decided to uh, make the film. I mean, the other contenders in the best picture, the only two I never, I still have not seen are Bridge of Spies and Brooklyn. Yeah, I and, didn't hear a um, good thing about Bridge of Spies. No, I felt like I'd seen it with the trailer. As I was watching the trailer, I was like, geez, I've, this whole thing is in the trailer. Anyway, and Brook, Brooklyn is probably a great adaptation. There might be some great acting in it. I'm yet to see it, so I can't pass judgment. Uh, the other contenders were Mad Max Fury Road, which I think would have been fantastic if it won. The Martian which I'm not sure really should have been in that category. Um, It's sort of, it was up for best comedy and stuff. And I I don't know, it seemed to get in on technicalities and stuff. I I enjoyed The Martian. We did a podcast about it, but uh, I didn't think it was going to win Best Picture. And the other two were The Revenant and Room, which we've done podcasts on as well. I actually thought Room was going to get it, but I was going for Fury Road, if that makes sense. No, that's fine. I mean, that's the Aussie film that's representing. So <laughs> I felt like The Revenant was going to scoop the pool based on, like, everything we talked about in the podcast. You guys can find it at podmeifyoucan.com. But when I saw Spotlight, I was like, okay. I, I kept thinking, like, this is so well-crafted and well-acted. Then you look at the footage of the real people and you see how much of them is in the characters that are on screen, I suppose. Do you feel like you're watching reality? I was really impressed with Mark Ruffalo and Michael Michael Keaton, really. I mean, how did you find it? Because I thought it was a great supporting cast as well. I mean, Stanley Tucci was great. I thought Billy Crudup was good. Um, Leif Schreiber, who's um, Sabretooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the, the main manager. <laughs> Sabretooth, that's great. Well, that's the the go-to role, I think, that defines him. I mean, otherwise people say Mr. Naomi Watts, which I think you would find even more demeaning. <laughs> but also the fourth guy in the Spotlight team, the not-so-famous guy, is played by um, Brian Darcy James. Uh, even he was sort of very watchable. And the four people, I suppose, I just, yeah, sort of... I, I've not fell in love but i really appreciated this like uh, core unit of characters all working together you know the new boss arriving to make cuts everyone can relate to that lloyd you know and especially the newspaper world is sort of a dying industry 
and this notion of a spotlight team, this four-person team that investigates, and the Boston accents. I was fascinated. I was in right away. <laughs> yeah, well, the impact of the internet and, like, the effects that uh, has had on journalism is, like, in the environment of the film. Uh, you know, they how they reference the cuts and the loss of revenue, but it isn't center stage um, to the whole movie. And the, the internet has obviously destroyed a huge portion of the print industry. Like, in Canberra only recently, at our local newspaper, like the Canberra Times, they've just let off, like, 10 people people and i'm assuming they're all um veterans uh veteran journalists so it's really sad like to see the dying industry of the newspaper um and this film i feel like is a celebration um of modern journalism it, it really focuses on the on the mechanics of journalism rather than like um ranting on about um the state of journalism yeah and you mentioned it's modern i mean adding the sort of real events of 9-11 obviously they did happen during the time they were investigating and and showing us that they were temporarily taken off the story just shows the audience immediately that this is a very current issue, current story. And even though it dates back to the 70s, like exposing the church, I feel like, um, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. And when people make jokes about priests and stuff, there is often a kind of a molesting joke and you know people have like asian drivers and things like that and i mean this is something that everyone has sort of accepted you know the fact that there is like a priest joke like that yeah south park um obviously has tackled the subject head-on and very savagely as well and i think it's just embedded in popular culture as you say it's just you always associate priests now with you know uh, molestation and things like that and, I mean, we see it in the news and stuff as well, but the fact that it's this institution that it's not the individual priests necessarily, you know, it's the Catholic Church that's removing these legal documents and stuff, you know, things aren't getting filed in court, there's no records, the the secret societiness of the fact that all the priests are absent on leave or unassigned, you know, there's code words and stuff, the level at which they're covering it up uh yeah just sort of really eye-opening and i mean i never read the book that this was based on um i went in as fresh as i could but i did i did go in assuming that this would be the story of the boston globe and the the spotlight team exposing this story which is exactly what it is you're getting what you paid for for this movie I personally love investigative journalist movies, like my favourites of all time. I don't know if you've seen these, but um, All the President's Men with Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman, The Insider and Zodiac. And what I like about them is that, number one, it's a real subject and what they are dealing with are real subjects and it's usually based around actuality as much as possible. So it has a huge sense of authentic- uh, of authenticity, authenticity and authority to a lot of um, the subject matter. And secondly, it's the work that takes center stage. Like, I love how these films take time out to show the characters writing and poring over books and computers and discovering things. Like, I'm personally really obsessed with those, um, like, with what bags those people are using, what stationery they're using, what notebooks. Like, I'm obsessed with those kind of things. And I know the director, like, it feels like the director has poured over all those little details and, and embedded in the film. Like, it feels like all the characters researched 
their um actor um that who they're portraying on screen as much as possible like how like just how um mark ruffalo is putting his um thumbs in his uh belt loops and standing there it just feels like something that the character would have done and mark ruffalo's made it a point yeah yeah, the real person would have done and mark ruffalo's made a point of putting that on screen you know in his performance and all these films treat the research scenes like almost like action scenes which i think is really fantastic Uh, i actually asked david simon on twitter what his favorite investigative journalist films were because i said i love spotlight i think it's fantastic and he actually tweeted back to me saying oh call Northside triple seven which i just saw um fantastic and then he said of course all the president's men which most people regard as the best journalist integrity one of the great, great films um david simon probably made the best journalistic scenes ever with the fifth season of the wire and i would kill for a hardcore three-hour movie on just that baltimore newsroom like the dialogue and everything in that scene on in those sequences were amazing and in that season it actually starred tom mccarthy who's the director of spotlight he's actually an actor as well and he starred as as this slimy journalist faking this story and working with david simon actually helped him move on to the project spotlight and spotlight it just doesn't have any visual dynamics of its contemporaries like all the president's man or the insider or zodiac like the very basic and underwhelming photography of this movie in regards to its framing and composition it actually makes the story center stage there were no distractions in a way like the hand behind the camera sort of melted away and you focused on the people as much as possible and effectively this is a film with people meeting in the most mundane and boring rooms talking but it i think it's a great story with extraordinary actors you know and a good script and i just wish they went a little bit more hardcore like don't have any score to the movie just have all the music as like uh coming from the radio or tell like diegetic music like it only comes from sources in the scene but yeah i I think it's a fantastic movie that would have been interesting yeah um i really enjoyed all the personal touches like uh the character michael keaton's playing went to school with a victim you know like it could have been him and then the, the other guy in the team he has like a rehab center on his street you know his kids could be in danger and just the fact that they had the story years ago and buried it you know just um really just making it so personal to them and their area like it easily could have been them that were molested and lucky that priest didn't you know coach the track team instead of the hockey team you know it was just the way it was there was only real one outburst in the whole movie and that was from um mark ruffalo's mark ruffalo's character you know and i love it how they withheld the story you just like wow that wouldn't happen nowadays in the social media world everyone just jumps over any story a celebrity tweets sonic and it's all over everywhere it's news yeah (laughs) like getting the public records i found that really satisfying like the fact that he got a tip off that they were releasing these documents in secret along with these public records so he would be able to access them and um the fact that you know he has to use the copy machine he has to go upstairs and talk to a judge like at the end when he finally gets these and he's reading these letters and he gets the taxi over i found that very satisfying like they they did it you know they can i, can I use your photocopier and he goes i'll give you 80 dollars <laughs> mm. 
I've got 83 bucks. <laughs> but you could tell these guys live and breathe this. Like, they're when they get home, the work is with them. They're researching this stuff. Like, they're phoning people on their off time. These aren't people who, once they clock out, you know, the work doesn't come home with me. And it makes me appreciate their love and enthusiasm so much for the um uh, for the, for the job it's just a beautiful thing where um, the things i did not enjoy about this film uh, unfortunately revolve around Ma- rachel mcadams character so there was that scene where she has a husband and he gets two lines of dialogue and he was such a footnote in the story like oh hey you guys have a rough day and then they get to talk to each other because obviously it's all confidential mark ruffalo has a uh, i'm assuming a relationship that's on rocks because he's living on the rock sorry because he's living in an apartment with barely any furniture he runs and he eats pizza that's brought to his door <laughs> yeah um but like the rachel mcadams character i felt was kind of underdeveloped like she was obviously part of the team she had a husband she went to church with her nana for a bit but she was nominated for an academy award for best supporting actress and i'm not sure that that was necessary yeah i think the role definitely the like the whole three dimensions of the character and her backstory was implicit in the film but we didn't see that like i'm sure there's a wealth of um story that they could have drew from to put it into the movie but i guess tom mccarthy didn't feel that was necessary and just left it as what you saw it um but yeah to constitute a nomination an academy award nomination is this like in the room territory with alice you know you get into that sort of talk and you're like well i have to agree with you dave it isn't is it <laughs> no and I mean, Margot Robbie, I don't know if you read the IMDb trivia, but Margot Robbie turned down the role, the Rachel McAdams role, because of exhaustion. I started thinking, like, I mean, that wouldn't have necessarily made the film better in any way if Margot Robbie was in it. But I feel like this character, I don't know why, like, there maybe should have been more of a journey for her. Uh, I don't know, I just felt like there were probably deleted scenes or something that, that made that role more interesting. And I think Rachel McAdams played a similar role in State of Play, which, um, the Russell Crowe movie, anyway, so, um, tough, tough to get typecast, hopefully she isn't. One of the most tragic characters is, uh, I think, Mitchell Garabedian, who's played by Stanley Tucci, um, like, I say, I think he says to Mike, uh, Resendez, who's played by Mark Ruffalo, that's why I never married, our work is too important, and he's just this relentless machine trying to do good and it's really warming to know that there are these guys out there doing this but although he seems like a really really jaded person Mm. (laughs) I I thought he could have won something for his role I was really intrigued by his character absolutely I was yeah I thought he was brilliant yeah anyway Tom McCarthy as a director I thought like you say the story was the main character the up front and center um in nothing really flashy it was only a 20 million dollar budget which for that i mean getting the cast he got everybody took a pay cut and oh i reckon that's why i respect everyone in this movie so much for going yeah i'll do this you know because 
the, the just the opening of that scene where they're saying uh with they're having a farewell obviously one person's leaving the company and michael keaton has that speech and they're all joking and stuff like that it just feels like everyone lived this movie for like three years and they went okay guys we're ready to shoot you know your characters let's go like it just feels like they lived in that newsroom for a long it feels time real. Like, yeah yeah it does it feels real like it, to, for him to conjure that up like that yes it's a huge um uh, attribu- uh, uh, attribution to the characters for bringing that forward but tom mccarthy as well man you got to give that up. I mean, he obviously got a lot from D- david simon working with him on the wire i think <laughs> there are scenes um in this uh, in this movie where the journalists are just looking up names in like a phone book and putting it in excel and it's treated like an action scene i yeah, personally love that yeah <laughs> directors are so afraid to show research scenes often it's just a super quick model montage and we like cut to weeks later or something but here mccarthy focuses on the mechanics of the journalist's work like david simon actually said that this movie spotlight uh, in an interview he said it's journalism porn if a movie has a scene where a person's looking up an address in a phone book and that's an action scene i'm in and i know exactly what he means i love research in movies something about the passion the character or actors are interjecting into their performance my favorites of all time uh are david fincher movies in particular the building of facebook in the social network and all the research scenes in zodiac and girl with the dragon tattoo i love it it's just my little fetish of little sub scenes in in movies (laughs) zodiac is fantastic and fincher can do no wrong uh tom mccarthy however might do wrong because prior to spotlight have you had a look at his uh, filmography the, the cobbler you gotta say yeah <laughs> i was like geez you go from the cobbler with adam sandler it looks terrible like i just I've, can't believe I've that's the same oh you've seen it <laughs> yeah is it that bad yeah, i've seen it um i feel a bit like adam sandler signed on to do the film because every time he puts on shoes his character disappears into other characters so he doesn't have to do anything so there's whole sequences where it's another person you know Um, And Adam Sandler obviously didn't have to be there on set that day. (laughs) Uh, But but there's a twist in The Cobbler that I guessed 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in, and I was like, this can't be the twist. Like, (laughs) there's a reveal that feels so, I suppose, not forced. Um, It's... Just effortless? yeah effortless i mean like it feels like you're saying yeah that's not a huge discovery and then the conclusion of the film i won't ruin anything about the cobbler here but the final sort of scene and dialogue and um i won't say anything more but i I found it ridiculous anyway the cobbler is is another film maybe we should talk about it another time on the podcast lloyd but I did not enjoy it. Where do you think McCarthy goes from here, winning the Academy Award, having Spotlight? Like, I hope he does another journalistic film. (laughs) Like, I just want to see more. Like, what I hope is the success of this. He brings on David Simon and they do a movie together. David Simon's only been, uh, obviously, doing TV shows. Uh, Obviously, The Wire is the big one. Treme um, and uh, Show Me a Hero with Oscar Isaac. And he's working on a, a series about the porn industry in the 70s and 80s. Um, but I, I would love for him to do a hardcore two and a half hour movie with Tom McCarthy if it's about the Boston newsroom because you got a guy, a director who's just won the Academy Award. 
um you know he's um got all these actors willing to work with him why not do it you know go for it while the going's good man (laughs) i'm gonna tweet to that to him tonight (laughs) so if it does happen it's you know you've heard it here first (laughs) i think that's the key though i mean i feel like now as a credible director you can work with anyone you want to he's got to do something dramatic something meaningful but the cast will be the most important thing i think he has to sign on people who make it seem real like spotlight Um, and with with spotlight behind him a lot of actors will put their hands up yeah i would think so um i I saw david simon speak in melbourne um he was talking about um it was like a dangerous ideas Uh, i I saw that on youtube (laughs) you were actually physically there yeah yeah yeah. oh that's awesome um, (laughs) did you get to meet him right no i didn't meet him um his whole speech it was all about how people are i suppose um expendable and how you know eventually you won't be necessary in your field (laughs) yeah he's very Uh, um pessimistic like that he's he's had a hardcore hardcore career you know as a, a police beat writer um for um uh for the boston globe was it for for a newspaper and he's just seen and heard just most awful things i think he's just become very jaded yeah well i mean it i went in happy and <laughs> left completely beaten down uh, <laughs> so i probably wouldn't have been in a good place to meet him but um he did sign some books and dvds and stuff afterwards but i mean the line was ridiculous and i, I wasn't i wasn't in the headspace i suppose but yeah, he spoke very eloquently, and it is on YouTube, as you mentioned, so people can check that out. Did it deserve the best picture, Spotlight? I guess that's the big question coming out of this, Lloyd. I think so, absolutely. I think this movie is on par with um, all the presidents, man. Like, I'll just quickly say this. The only thing I'll say against this movie, and this is something 99% of writers are afraid of, and that is the absence of adulation. Like, script writers always want to end the film at the very point of the climax. Like, the denouement, um, I can't pronounce it in the, the French word, or the what, wherever that word originated from, is often a very quick wrap-up. Um, in The Verdict... one of my favorite movies of all time just quickly spoilers for verdict so if you haven't seen it stop the podcast go watch it right now it's one of the greatest movies of all time um uh, the, the great scriptwriter david mamet wanted to end the film um at the verdict itself without them actually saying what the verdict was so he wanted to cut to black just before the verdicts read out and the director the great Sidney lumet couldn't do that he said no they have to see what the jurors say and it actually caused a huge conflict between them long story about that and there are a brief few scenes in the verdict at the end showing you adulation like people shaking hands with uh, paul newman going well done whatever it just makes you really happy and you feel relief and joy spotlight just ends when there are phone calls coming in showing the massive impact the story has had on boston even if there were a few more scenes of just some victims reading the paper or thanking the journalists, I would have been really, really happy. I just want to see a bit more of that. A scriptwriter will always say, no, once the point has been made, you know, that's it. The movie is over. But I, I completely disagree. They can't ever foresee 
scriptwriters can't foresee the facial expressions that a great actor can interject into those moments and make those scenes transcend the page. But I do think Spotlight is one of the great films since All the President's Man. Like, it's one of those few moments where you get a great film with a very important subject and it's told really well, really riveting. It's like a th- almost like a thriller experience till the very end. And at the same time, the subject matter is very, very poignant, like very important. So I think this is a great movie, well-deserving of the Academy Award. I do feel like the Academy is snubbing a lot of the superhero films and comic book movies, you know, trying to emphasize, no, no, every cinema just isn't people in spandex, you know, it's other things as well. <laughs> it's just starting to rain where I am, but... Um, Star Wars is a big one like people say the Academy Awards don't reflect the films people actually saw that year at the box office you know like Star Wars was probably nominated for visual effects and stuff but um, yeah not necessarily that it should be up for best picture but just to sort of weigh in on those uh, you know, sci-fi and superhero things as well. You know, to be honest, if Spotlight didn't win the Academy Award and wasn't nominated, I probably would have never seen it. It's only because it won. I go, okay, I've got to see the film that beat Mad Max, Fury Road, The Revenant. And I was so pleasantly surprised. I think it's probably my favourite film of that year. I think it's so fantastic. I've seen it three times already. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, that's fantastic that it had that effect on you. I, I'm the same in that... I feel like it's more of an independent film, and I know at $20 million it's not that small a budget, but based against Mad Max and The Martian and stuff, you know, these films that have huge budgets. And the fact that this is a really relevant issue, that's probably why Spotlight and The Big Short were, I suppose, shortlisted as the the favourites, because, I mean, The Big Short is about the housing crisis and Spotlight's about this um, Catholic church... Um, molesting kids and both are huge issues and if Hollywood says uh, you know this is what like they reward the fact that this film has been made then it's like Hollywood is saying we also disagree with um, you know the actions of the Catholic Church or we side with absolutely there's a political statement there definitely yeah it's interesting, and I mean, when, when they chose Crash, for example, as the best picture, maybe that was, like, anti-racism, you know? Was that, was that after September 11th? I can't remember, but I do remember Denzel Washington getting the Academy Award and um, uh, Hal Berry getting the Academy Award, you know, th- that sort of thing, during that sem- September 11th um, time period. Mm, it was, um, well, I remember Russell Crowe missed out, and he got it for Gladiator, which I think was 2000, and then I think 2001 was A Beautiful Mind, or 2002, and that's when Denzel got it. So it was post 9-11. Not 100%. Like, that's top of my head. But, um, yeah, sometimes I feel like the, the Academy Awards make a big statement, you know? Like, when they give someone an Oscar for the first time or even in the short films and everything, uh, I feel like it's it's a lot about what plays better as a story, you know? what reads well the next day I, I went in thinking it was The Revenant I'm pretty sure I'm on record saying that I'm pretty sure The Revenant was going to win Best Picture that, that was I, I think I a lot of people had that in mind as well yeah you know but I, I think that's probably uh, it's wishful thinking because that film and the filmmaker you know uh, coming off of Birdman the year before it would have been a strange story to have 
the same guy win best director and best picture and you know and spotlight <laughs> pardon the pun puts the spotlight on a different film and a different issue and like you know um became the story really so now are you tempted to read the book now that you've I, I actually researched a lot about this movie, and um, this is the first time hearing that this movie is based on a book, so I am so embarrassed by my terrible research. <laughs> if there is a book on Spotlight, I'll definitely pick it up and read it. Cool. Well, guys, that was uh, Spotlight. You can send us feedback on um, facebook.com slash podme if you can, podme if you can.com, and you can tweet us using hashtag PMIYC lots of ways to get in touch with us about your thoughts about spotlight as well uh, next time on the podcast we're going to have an interview uh, with the filmmakers behind an australian film called zealous and uh, look uh, it's an intriguing little chat we've had they have a project that is in post-production and that we are going to try and help them finance so look out for that episode later in the week and uh, until next time lloyd enjoy your movies and uh, i'll talk to you then Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod me if you can. Movie reviews.